When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast. And we are fortunate to be joined by Eli Becker, founder of Heat Check CBB, one of the best websites around for national college basketball coverage. Eli is definitely who we have on the pod the most regularly. He's a good friend of mine now, going back like six, seven years, which is pretty crazy to think about. But they really do have a star-studded staff over at Heat Check, so make sure you check out that website. Certainly recommend subscribing if you are a big college basketball fan, want to be in not just on the Mountain West, but the ins and outs of really the entire country. Not sure you're going to find a site that has a more qualified group just in terms of being able to represent great coverage with really every single region, every type of school, high majors, mid-majors, you name it. The reason that I had Eli on today, though, is I wanted to catch up. We hadn't talked since early January. At that point, it had been very much a struggle for CSU, but Eli, like me, was one of many people who thought if CSU could just get healthy and establish some continuity, they might actually be a pretty dangerous team come March. Obviously, they came incredibly close to upsetting San Diego State in the Mountain West Tournament. San Diego State went on to make the national championship, which was crazy. But I wanted to catch up on all that. I wanted to pick his brain on the state of CSU's roster, what he thought of the additions, Neat Clifford, Javante Johnson, and Joel Scott. I also wanted to get his opinions on this team ceiling. If Isaiah Stevens chooses to come back, I wanted to get his thoughts on how good the team could be if he chooses to go pro. And it was just great. It was, it was great to catch up with him. He's always a terrific guest. I know you guys are going to enjoy this one. So instead of me rambling, I'm going to get to it. Real quick, Pins and Aces is the official golf apparel partner of All City and DNVR. We love our Pins and Aces gear and get tons of compliments on and off the course. They're a family-owned golf and apparel business based right here in Colorado. They make amazing polos, hats, golf bags, and even our favorite beer sleeve, which is an innovative product that allows you to store seven beers right inside your golf bag and keep the drinks cold the entire round. I mean, shoot, seven beers, you can you can have a good day and you can have a couple of beers in there for your buddy, which is just awesome. Check out pinsandaces.com. Use the code DNVR to receive 15% off your first order. Get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. Also, professional rugby has returned to Rugby Town USA as your hometown American Raptors have begun its six-match homestand against six South American rugby teams that make up the brand-new Super Rugby Americas competition. You can find their full schedule at americanraptors.com. What's even better, though, is our guy Colton Strickler has it all covered for you. He has a weekly DNVR rugby podcast, which is great. 
He has 101 Rugby Podcast for those that want to learn about the sport, but maybe just don't have a ton of background knowledge. He provides betting advice and has exclusive interviews with athletes and coaches. It really is one of the best rugby pods in the world. And again, you can check out that schedule for American Raptors at AmericanRaptors.com. Tickets are just 10 bucks. Children 12 and under are free. If you can't make it, watch all the matches live on ESPN+. Plus. See you in Rugby Town, USA. All right, joining me on the DNVR Rams podcast, we've got a special guest, Eli Bedker, founder of Heat Check CBB, one of the brightest minds in all of college basketball. I already hyped him up in the intro, though, so I don't want to butter his biscuit up too much here. His check's already in the mail. Um, <laughs> Eli, what's up, man? How's it going? You still riding the high of that Kraken victory? Oh, man, I, I wasn't going to come on here and, and rub it in your face, but man, that was, that was a heck of a series. I'm still kind of entering my foray into hockey if you will because it's that's it's, fair uh, it's a new it's a new deal for me a new deal for seattle but man that was that was a heck of a series so yes i am i'm very much still riding the high and i'm very much looking forward to tonight's game as well i'm uh i'm bitter about it for sure but <laughs> the avs won the stanley cup last year so it's kind of you know, I'm good for a little bit i guess i'll just say that i've, I've got some patience that'll that'll last a little bit the avs had some injuries that did not go their way all year long, but yeah, man, there's, there's nothing like Stanley cup playoffs, like as intense as college basketball is in March madness and the single elimination format, the stress of the Stanley cup playoffs is just, I think it's the most of any sports. It's, it's insane. I've, I've watched every playoff game in most of the last couple of weeks of the season. And that's, and Ever since college basketball ended, that's kind of what I focused to, but I haven't really watched a whole lot during the college basketball season. But gosh, it is it is stressful. And it seemed like every time the Kraken went up two goals, they never scored the next one. So it just it was always within a goal or two. So man, Most it was dangerous lead in hockey, man. Two goal lead. Yeah, no kidding. Gosh, it was it was fun though. I'm I'm looking forward to uh next season and definitely being more into it. So it's been good. Well, I'll say this it it helps in my heart knowing that at least you get to enjoy that. It makes me feel a little less, little less bitter about it. So we'll, uh, we'll talk about some college hoops and I'll, and I'll move on. I don't need to, to wax poetically here, but, um, you know, we haven't caught up on the pod since early January. That was, I believe it was like right after CSU was coming off the blowout loss at New Mexico in the pit. Um, you like me, were somewhat optimistic that CSU could slightly turn things around if they got healthy, if they could get some continuity. Never really happened. They did drop a couple of games. They should have won in conference play. Did play admirably in the conference tournament. Beat Fresno State. Should have probably beaten San Diego State, but you know that's how it goes. What are your thoughts, I guess, on just this past season for CSU and, and how things played out? Yeah, I think entering the season, it was already filled with quite a bit of question marks. And just replacing David Roddy was going to be a challenge. And the injury to Jenison in the offseason already hurt a, de- a depleted front court. And it the, the team just took a pretty significant downturn defensively. And that was really hard to bounce back from. In, in addition to losing Josiah Strong so early, which was supposed to be a tremendous one-two punch in the in the backcourt with Isaiah Stevens, I was supposed to be really the the two bucket getters on this year's team. So it it was 
an unusual season for CSU. There were glimpses of the team maybe turning the corner and they played well at times in November and they had some games where they just seemed completely overworked. But I, I think it's it's time for the, the program to kind of turn the page here. I, I think they can get a fresh start and enter the season with pretty rejuvenated expectations. It's a sour taste in the mouth, I think, within the whole staff. But I would I would say at least, and I'm sure we're going to dive into this quite a bit, but I think there's plenty of reason to have optimism despite how last season went. I'm glad you brought up Josiah Strong for a couple of reasons. I I don't think most CSU fans realize just how big of a loss he was because they never really got to experience him. The one game they had him was the St. Mary's win for CSU. Ironically, probably the best win for the league this year, that road win over St. Mary's. He's almost like a fourth transfer coming into this roster again this year, even though he was technically around, but just not being able to play. He should be a huge part of this this team, assuming you know he can be healthy and and get back in a rhythm and all that. Yeah, it's it's going to be massive, and I was expecting a whole heck of a lot out of him when he decided to transfer over from Illinois State and watched quite a bit of his previous games, and he's a guy who I would say. Shows a lot more length than what he's listed at. He's kind of a lanky guy. He's able to get his shots up. A great shot creator and offers a lot from the defensive side. And I think that's what Colorado State needs most because this was a team that just could not get enough stops this past season despite where they have been and honestly where they will probably continue to be offensively under Nico Medved, which is typically at worst a top 50 offense. So they just... They just have to be good enough defensively, and you toss Josiah Strong into the mix in addition to the the newcomers, and I feel like they should be much better in that regard. So um, losing Strong last year was huge, but gaining him back will be just as uh, impactful, I'd say. CSU fans were getting pretty impatient just with how long it took for them to land a commit. It took a while for the, the dominoes to fall, but once they did, they got that commitment from Joel Scott out of Black Hill State, and then... A couple days later, ended up also getting Neat Clifford and Javante Johnson, the Colorado Springs trio, all end up in Fort Collins at CSU. Kind of a neat story, but you know, what are your thoughts on that? And you know, you mentioned the the length and defensive prowess that Josiah brings. I think that's a big selling point for these guys. Is just defensively and athletically, this roster is in a much better spot than where they were this past season. Yeah, there, it's not going to be the flashiest incoming class that that the Mountain West will have this upcoming season, and even that Nico Medved's had in years past. But I really like how the pieces fit for what this group needed. They needed more help in the front court. It's it's not going to be the biggest burliest front court by any means with with Cartier and Scott, but plenty of versatility, which suits Nico Medved and his system really well. Clifford and, and Johnson are, are going to help considerably. And if they can get back to where they were at uh, from an offensive scoring perspective two seasons ago, then I think they're they're a team that could probably be, I don't know, top 20 nationally in offensive efficiency. And and that's I'll probably preface all these things with the assumption that Isaiah Stevens comes back. Um, obviously, his decision it sways everything significantly. But if if Stevens does return to pair him alongside with Josiah Strong, assuming he's fully healthy, and then 
a much deeper group of wings who can defend and should be able to score quite a bit from the perimeter. It opens things up in a big way in addition to some versatile forwards. So I I like to fit a lot offensively for this group. What is it about Javante Johnson you feel like that clicked two years ago but did not seem to click this past season? Yeah, I, I New Mexico shifted quite a bit where their offensive focus was this past season. And I think a lot of it was by design because they they had to have more contributions from their front court. Uh, there was just way too much pressure being put on Mashburn and House to run the offense, even though it was such a entertaining offense a couple seasons ago. They, they just had to be more versatile. And Johnson just kind of seemed like he was one of the guys who got lost in the shuffle a little bit. And and I spoke with, with Jeff Grammer a little bit about this. And I think there is probably something to be said about just the inconsistency and maybe the mental side of it for Johnson, because when, when he's on it, it can significant, his game can can considerably impact the result of a particular matchup because he can absolutely fill it up when he's on, but when he's off and I, same case probably applies to Clifford too. He can be kind of passive. He's probably not going to be the guy who gets a ton of shots up if 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 his uh, shot isn't there. So change of scenery is probably going to do both of them quite a bit of good. And this seems like a fit with weapons alongside them. It, it should make a lot of sense for both of those guys. How familiar are you with Joel Scott's game? And just what are your thoughts on him? I mean, it's tough with the the D2 guys just because there isn't like a ton of available film out there, but from what I've seen out of him, he feels like a guy that should translate D2 All-American, um, D2 Player of the Year. CSU's had some success with guys making the jump the past couple of years, Chandler Jacobs and Cartier, obviously last year, and uh, even Joe to an extent, um, Palmer. But you know, what are your thoughts on his game and, and how do you see him translating in the Mountain West? Yeah, I think for for the most part, at least from... What I've researched from the transfer portal and what I've gathered from D2 to D1 transfers is the biggest question mark is on the defensive side. A lot of the guys who are able to make the transition can do so offensively. They can get their buckets, and oftentimes the guys who transfer up to D1 are just naturally gifted scorers as it is. So I'd I'd be a, a little bit, I don't want to say hesitant, but I'd, I'd kind of question how well he's going to translate to guarding the type of stretch fours that the mountain west may offer this season but he's a he's a great rebounder had a ton of double doubles at the d2 level and he's obviously very accomplished and like you touched on which i wanted to mention as well is that colorado state's done it with d2 transfers before and he doesn't have to be the guy necessarily he just needs to help out and so I, I like it quite a bit. Uh, Medved's dipped into Juco. He's dipped into D2 before and has gotten role players. And I don't think anybody expects or even needs Scott to be a, a double figures type guy. He just has to kind of play his role. And uh, pairing him along with Cartier, it, it should balance each other's gifts out pretty well. So I, I like the fit. And I, I think it makes a lot of sense for what they need at, at the current time. I'm really intrigued to see those two next to each other. Kyle Evans, I mean, is another guy that I think is expected at least to take a pretty big leap in his sophomore season, assuming that he's healthy too. You know, big guy coming back from a an injury is always kind of a tough spot, especially when it's a lower leg thing. But I, I am kind of curious to see how that plays out. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I guess the the biggest complaint from CSU fans is probably that they don't have like a true seven footer, you know, elite like traditional five. Yeah, it's going to hurt you at times. You can make the tournament though with guard play, especially if you have lengths all over, which they seem to. Yeah, and I would almost argue that it was a bigger concern or a bigger priority for this team to get defensive wings because with with the way that Medved's teams have played, it, it and this isn't going to change anytime soon, I don't imagine. But his his teams do give up a lot of three point opportunities, and that's naturally how his defenses are are set up. Uh, his teams often rank among the top. I'd say top 30, top 40 in opponent three-point attempt rate. So teams are going to get a lot of perimeter shots up against them. But to have length and to have guys who can close out effectively, it's not going to be like this past season where opposing teams can fill it up from three-point range and can really put the Rams at bay. So I I think there is so much priority in the modern college basketball game of having more versatile guys. and. Unless there's another Namias Keda coming around or, or some guy of that stature, which I don't really think is going to happen in the Mountain West this year. Nathan Mensa is gone. There's a lot of changing of the guard, and I think this is going to be a pretty guard and wing-heavy conference this season. I, I don't think it's a massive concern for CSU moving forward. If uh, if you were to go back a couple years where there were dominant bigs in the Mountain West, it would probably be a different story. Before we get out of here, I do want to get your thoughts just on a couple of the other teams around the league, some way too early Mountain West thoughts. I mean, it's, it's May. So you got to take everything with a grain of salt when it comes to any type of analysis or predictions right now. I mean, a coach could still leave and and flip everything on its head. Probably doubt it at this point, but they could. Um, We already got into it a little bit, but just Isaiah Stevens, obviously, and and whether he returns or not is going to have a great, great impact on this team ceiling. Um, how good can they be, though, if Isaiah comes back in your estimation? Is that a team that can be in the mix to compete for a Mountain West title? Could be, you know, in that NCAA tournament bid mix? Just, you know, how, how would you see this team with a lot of veterans, a lot of new pieces, but certainly a lot of experience? Yeah, I think here in May, it's obviously difficult to project. But I'd say that assuming Stevens comes back, it's a team that should probably be pegged no worse than third or fourth in the Mountain West. I'd, I'd probably imagine that's a, a fair assessment for where what this team could look like. And of course, the the biggest question, as I touched on earlier, is it, it this team has to get a lot better defensively. They're the second worst team in the Mountain West as far as efficiency was concerned last season. I'd project with Stevens back, and if this is the core, barring any sort of unexpected departures, probably a top 15, top 20 offense from efficiency. If you can get to be maybe a top 150 defense, top 125 defense, then that puts them, I'd say, pretty squarely in the at-large conversation. So I, I don't imagine that it's a team that's going to compete for the Mountain West title unless anything drastically changes with San Diego State or Boise State, because those are probably the two primary contenders, i say, right now. But if they can just be marginally improved on the defensive side, which the additions of of Clifford Johnson and also the return of Strong should help considerably, 
I'd probably peg them as a top four team in the Mountain West right now. And I, I, that, again, puts you right in that at-large conversation and to be a threat in Vegas as well. All right, we'll get right back to that conversation, but I got to shout out the homies over at Breckenridge Brewery. Breck Brew has a beer for any occasion, and there's no better way to watch a game than having some ice-cold Breck Brew in your hand. Breck Brew's been doing it for 32 years. It all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. It's made with 100% renewable energy, which you've got to love, and you've just got to love the endless variety. You can't go wrong with a hard seltzer. Right now, they have a new summer shandy, which is epic, or just a classic avalanche amber ale. Whatever you're doing this summer, make sure you're doing it with a Breck Brew in your hand. Check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com to find a brew near you. Finally, take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all either. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they're going to send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com, use that code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. What do you like about San Diego State right now? Just, it's obviously going to be a much different look this next season. Yeah, it's, it's almost, you're almost betting on them to, to figure it out as far as the transfer portal. And there, there's so many question marks with where their roster is at right now, but I mean, assuming Darion Trammell comes back, um, assuming Micah Parrish is back, same with Jaden Ledee, those are three guys that have now a considerable amount of tournament experience under their belts. Uh, last year's freshman class, which basically didn't play at all because it was one of the most experienced teams in the country, uh, spoke with Dutcher last offseason. He was ecstatic about where they could be. And so e- even if... San Diego State doesn't have another massive portal addition, and they already brought in Reese Sticks and Waters from USC, which should help a lot. Um, those youngsters should have a lot of potential. So it, it's almost kind of right now, there's going to be a lot of shifts and, and changes within the roster. Lamont Butler's flirting with the NBA. If he comes back, he's probably on the short list of player of the year candidates uh, based on what he's shown on both ends of the floor. Uh, but it is betting on potential right now and where where they could end up. And as we've seen in the past, SDSU makes a ton of transfer portal splashes, and I expect that to be the same uh, the rest of the offseason. How big was this past NCAA tournament just for the Mountain West's perception? And like, you know, just getting that monkey off the back of this is a league that's, yeah, it's fun, it's competitive, but they can't win the games that actually matter. It, it was massive. It was really massive. And almost any statistic that you can find on conference performance in March Madness the last decade, Mountain West is at the very bottom as far as how they've performed against what their seed would project. And just so many first round losses, seven seeds, eight seeds, nine seeds. Uh, it, it was it was an unexpected run. I don't think anybody expected San Diego State to even probably get past 
Alabama to get to the Elite Eight. Um, but it, it was a it was a huge run. Except Ralph, of course. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it, it was nuts. And and even a team that is that was pretty limited offensively, and that obviously reared its head uh, in the national title game, which was a shame, but uh it, it's it's huge for the conference. There's probably going to be plenty to be said about where SDSU goes as far as realignment is concerned. That feels very inevitable at this point. But uh, this past run goes down as a huge feather in the cap for the Mountain West. And it does feel like some vindication for those who have covered the conference and have stood up for the conference when there hasn't really been a whole lot of March moments, at least since Eric Musselman guided Nevada to the Sweet 16. It's been pretty bleak the last half decade. And San Diego State's had some really, really good basketball teams. And I don't think many people realize this past tournament run was Brian Dutcher's first NCAA tournament victory since he's even taken the head coaching job. So it was huge for the Aztecs to to make this happen. And uh, it certainly does feel like some vindication for West Coast basketball in the Mountain West uh, overall. Well, and we don't have to go into this again because we've made these points, I'm sure, a hundred times on this pod and even in the past. But I just I couldn't help but feel good for them knowing what happened to them in that COVID shortened season because they they would have been a one seed or a two seed at worst. And Utah State with Sam Merrill would have been pretty damn dangerous as well. So that was that was one for me just as a Mountain West guy when people people would point out the stats and be like, oh, oh, and 10 and this and that. I'd be like, all right, well, there were a million bad draws like Wyoming going against Indiana in the you know play-in game and CSU drawing Michigan and Indy. Like there are a lot of things brutal. you could point to that were pretty brutal. But that 2020 season and losing those two teams with that star power as a Mountain West guy, that was just hard to take. Yeah, it it it's a huge moment for SDSU to bounce back. And and there were questions with Nathan Mensa at the final four media availability about what it meant to him. And uh he had some really great quotes on that. And it even seems like Quite a few members of the 2020 team uh, were also quite a bit involved in this year's run, at least uh, being in attendance. I know Jordan Shackle, I want to say, was at the the games in Louisville. I, If I'm not mistaken, I want to say Malachi Flynn was at one, if not more. I think they showed him on the broadcast, yeah. Yeah, and and that's and obviously they didn't didn't play in these games, but that has to feel really good for them to to see their team go on this type of run. And it was so memorable for everybody involved. And it did really feel like that kind of family collectiveness to it. So it, it was great to see as a Mountain West guy and to to see the Aztecs go on this run. How surprised were you that Utah State opened up this offseason? And was it surprising that Tim Miles is, is still at San Jose State? Yeah, I would say that it was, it was more surprising that Miles stayed. I would say it... I did hear quite a bit throughout the spring that Odom was ready to to move on and, and find a new new spot. Um, he's a name that has gathered a lot of attention the last year or so, and I think people are really catching on of the coaching chops that he has. I, he's got a great fit um, at, at VCU, and what he's going to do there, I think, is that's a program that is consistent as they come. Uh, but with Miles, I was surprised. It seemed like the contract or the writing was on the wall for him to go to Cal and that just didn't end up happening. And so now it's almost wait and see mode to, to see whether Amari Moore comes back to the Spartans and man, what a, what a year that San Jose state had. It was awesome to see 
miles turn around this program i don't i don't know how long it necessarily lasts with the the spartans and how long miles will be there who's who's to say but um huge moment for for him who's been a traditional program rebuilder and we get another year of tim miles in the mountain west so we can't complain about that he's always a great quote yeah i'm excited about it just from an entertainment standpoint I think he's too good of a coach and deserves more than he gets from that admin and just from that fan base. Like when you see how empty that gym was on senior night after the season they had with Amari Mori of the conference player of the year, it was just like, Oh my. And I've heard just crazy stuff like at break-ins in the locker room and stuff. Like it's, it's not a, it's not a well-run organization they just don't have they just don't have the money Um, (laughs) but yeah man i i thought much like i thought he would be in play at new mexico i just assumed before they hired patino that is i just assumed all right that's an easy call he's already in the conference has the experience come on over to logan tim yeah yeah i would have made a lot of sense and he's knows the conference very very well and has performed exceptionally well in the conference as well and I don't know how this necessarily goes as from the remainder of his San Jose State tenure. It, he, he could continue to build off of this. I don't know if he's going to have a talent like Omari Moore any anytime soon. That's not really Is this guy. one season enough to earn him another job, though? Like, if they did, like, let's say Omari Moore goes to the NBA and they take a pretty drastic step back, which naturally that could very much happen. Does he still get the props from this year? I don't, that's just what surprised me so much about it is it's so hard to win at San Jose State. It's like maybe he just didn't get the offers and that's what it came down to. But if he chose to stick around, that would be kind of weird to me. Yeah, it's, it's an unusual circumstance because you take a program that has been so thunderously bad for the last two decades and have, the best player in the conference on your team and to, to win at that level, to be a top five seed in the mountain West tournament. If, if he can continue at this level without more then he's going to get just about any job he wants. I'd imagine at least, I mean, within reason, but a PAC 12 job uh, very much so could open up. So I don't know. It's, it's fascinating. It's a really interesting situation. Yeah, the last thing I want to ask you here before we get going, and I didn't give you a chance to prep for this, so I'm putting you on the spot. I apologize, but <laughs> you know, you follow this league as as closely as anybody. You talk to a lot of the assistants. You've gotten to know a lot of these staffs. You know a lot of the people covering it. So you're you're just familiar with the ins and outs of a lot of these teams in the Mountain West. What is it about this CSU staff that they do the best, in your opinion? Man, or even do well, like it's maybe yeah. not necessarily the best, but just what about them sticks out in a positive way to you from a, from a purely basketball perspective or just take the, it anywhere you want recruiting from a coaching standpoint, X's and O's just whatever sticks out to you about the staff to you. Well, it, to me, I feel like they're, they're great developers. Uh, nobody could have anticipated that David Roddy was going to be a top 25 NBA draft pick and a, a guy who is, playing really well in the NBA too. It's not just he happened to be dra- drafted and now plays in Latvia. Like he's, he's playing exceptionally well in the NBA. Uh, the development it goes a long way. And it's, it's pretty obvious at this point that they have an eye for evaluation to 
to find David Roddy, to find Isaiah Stevens. They've had a lot of homegrown hits and, and sure they've gotten some good guys in the portal, but I still think no matter how much, and this isn't to go too far off course, but no matter how much the transfer portal grows in college basketball, you still have to have an eye for talent and be able to bring in and develop high school players. And to Nico Medved and his staff's credit, they've done that at a very high level. I think they're a very charismatic group. Um, and it, I think it rubs off on a lot of the people who are there. And it's it's a program that hasn't had a whole lot of transfer departures when seemingly every other program that's outside of the Power Five or even in the Power Five, to be honest, uh, has to replace a handful of starters every year because of the transfer portal. So I think if you have pretty obvious mission, you have uh, char- charisma within your coaching staff, and then you can be very successful in college basketball. And they've certainly proved that in revitalizing the the CSU program in the last half decade. Awesome, man. Well, it's always great to pick your brain. I appreciate you giving me some time. Um, I guess I'll forgive you for the the Kraken stuff, but I mean, I, I, you can't blame the guy for voting for the team in his city. I know it, but uh, I just <laughs> had, I had to give you a little I, crap. Am I am I a bandwagon fan of my own city? I don't know how this works. This is a no, man. Sport. That's that's <laughs> not fair. Like I don't. <laughs> I will say the Avs because they also got eliminated by Vegas two years ago. So now we've now lost to both of the expansion teams. Yeah. So so that stings a little bit. Um, but the Avs were, I mean, they, they moved, so they weren't an expansion team, but it's like Colorado didn't have a hockey team either until, you know, 96. So yeah. it is what it is. You can't, you can't help when the team comes. Um, they're a fun team too. Like y- y'all played with so much speed. It was, I'll be rooting for you. Well, I appreciate that, man. Now, I feel like <laughs> I feel like us Seattle and Colorado fans get to you know get along with each other pretty well. It feels like I follow a lot of Colorado guys, and it seems like the Rockies fans don't mind the Mariners, and I don't mind the Rockies, so that that works. Well, out Griffey's fine. my favorite player of all time. So there we I'm, go. I'm always it. rooting for the Mariners, <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> all right, man. Good to catch up with you. I appreciate you. Absolutely appreciate you, man. Crazy, probably never make it when well, you listening to that right now. I said we on now.